All right. It's good to see you again today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and we are continuing our journey through Scripture. This is our Thursday uh, edition. Um, we continue walking through right now. We're in the middle of the Old Testament. Uh, we're going in a chronological order of uh, of the Bible, which you know kind of makes it go all over the place. And we're in the middle of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah is kind of confusing. It Timeline-wise, it just kind of jumps back and forth and and so i i understand it can be a little a little crazy so uh i encourage you to i'll always say where i'm reading from so if you want to pause and read uh, uh that chapter uh, or if you just want to listen to the summary of it that's that's fine uh, but, but uh, i do encourage you whenever you have time uh to to read through because by the time we finish this which i don't have a timeline but let's see we're we're getting close to halfway. <laughs> um, uh, we we will have read through all of Scripture uh, in a chronological uh, order. So today we're going to be uh, all over the place in Jeremiah. We will be in uh, Jeremiah uh, forty eight and forty nine, uh, twenty seven through twenty nine, and then we'll hit uh, Jeremiah fifty and fifty one. Um, but we are uh, at a place now where. Uh, if you remember, the exile has already begun. So remember, we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel uh, on Tuesday. Um, so there have already Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar has already taken uh, many of the people from Jerusalem, um, taken them into exile in Babylon. But Jeremiah is still in Jerusalem, and King Zedekiah has now been put in place. Um, basically, he's uh, just expected to be an ally to Babylon and just you know keep keep the peace uh, is what he is supposed to do. Um, and so you have Jeremiah who is continuing to um, give God's word to the people there. Um, Second uh, Kings twenty four verse eighteen and nineteen, and Jeremiah fifty two verses one and two two are basically the exact same, and they introduced Zedekiah. Um, it says he was 21 years old when he becomes king. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. Uh, he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all uh, that his father had done. So again, it, it just he's not a good king. Um, no one, again, is uh, uh, appreciates Jeremiah. No one wants to hear what Jeremiah has to say. And honestly, if you do read all of this, it's it's a little bit different. It's it's not necessarily narrative. This is uh, God's judgment being pronounced on different people, um, and so it it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to us. I mean, I, you'll definitely get the sense of what uh, it is trying to say, but but all the little details don't get caught up in all the little details. Um, it's just using different ways to express um, how God's judgment and wrath is going to be poured out uh, upon uh, all of the nations. And one thing that you'll you'll see here is that uh, yes, that God is going to hold holds His own people accountable, but He also holds the rest of the world accountable, um, right? Which makes sense. He created all of us, um, and the the more we go against His will and His desire, uh, the worse it is going uh, to be. So in, in Jeremiah uh, chapter uh, 27, um, it says, uh, thus says the Lord, uh, make yourselves uh, bonds and yokes and put them on your neck. So he's telling Jeremiah to do this and send them to the king of Edom, Moab, Ammonites. He tells all these different places and command them to say to their masters, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, thus you should say to your master, I have made the earth 
the man and the beast that are on the ground by my great power and my outstretched arms and have given it to whom seemed proper to me. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant and the beast of the field. I have also given him him to serve him. Uh, Skipping down to verse nine. Therefore, do not listen to your prophets, your diviners or dreamers or soothsayers or sorcerers who speak to you saying, you shall not serve the king of Babylon. For the prophecy is a lie to you to remove you far from your land, and I will drive you out and you will perish. But the nations that bring their necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let them remain in their own land, says the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell in it. So what Jeremiah is saying is it's not what they want to hear, but it's it's actually what is best for them. Um, Jeremiah knows because God has told him that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, ha- is going to take over that entire area, and they they did. They became a huge uh, world empire, and God is saying, "Do not fight against that." Um, this is this is the uh, I'm allowing uh, Nebuchadnezzar to do this. Um, so do not fight back against it. The more you fight and rebel against it, the worse it's going to be for you. And um, and of, you know, of course, and, and we wouldn't like to hear that either. Right. Uh, we don't want to hear that uh, we're experiencing God's judgment. But sometimes, well, you know, you, you push God enough. Eventually, that is what is going to happen. So uh, now, so that's uh, Jeremiah 27. Now, Jeremiah 48 and 49 are, uh, so basically you have this image of Jeremiah uh, wearing yokes, uh, wooden yokes, and uh, and going and and talking to the heads of these nations, proclaiming God's word to them. So he basically is bringing judgment to all the different nations. So uh, chapter 48 is judgment of Moab. And you read through there just all the things that's going to happen uh, uh, to, to Moab. Verse 37, I, I really, I don't know how to feel about this, but so often part of the judgment of God um, is is revealed like this, verse 37, for every head shall be bald and every beard clipped on all the hands shall be cuts and all the loins sackcloth, a general lamentation on all the house tops of Moab. I just don't really like the fact that baldness is associated uh, so often with, with God's judgment. I can't do anything about it. I've tried to change all, all my ways and I am still bald. Um, and, uh, not even Rogaine can overcome God's judgment, but it's kind of interesting. Those are those things that, what does that mean? That, that had cultural significance. Okay. They knew that this was a, uh, this was God, uh, exacting vengeance, holding them accountable, right? For what they have done. Um, uh, verse 46, the very end of chapter 48 says, Woe to you, O Moab, uh, people of uh, Chemosh Parish, for your sons have been taken captive and your daughters captive. Yet I will bring back the captives of Moab in the later days, says the Lord, thus far as the judgment of Moab. Now, now this is interesting. You're gonna, we're going to see this quite, a, quite often. So he has all of this stuff to say about Moab that he's going to make them bald and all of these things. And then at the end, he says, but I will return you, uh, uh, your, your captives. Then uh, chapter 49 has judgment on uh, Ammon, uh, and he goes through judgment on Ammon. Uh, then in verse 5 says, from all those who are around you, you shall be driven out, everyone headlong, and no one will gather those who wander off. But afterward, I will bring back the captives of the people of Ammon. Then judgment on Edom. 
uh, he goes through the judgments on in in Edom. It says, uh, verse 15, For indeed I will make you small among nations, despised among men. Your fierceness has deceived you, the pride of your heart. O you who dwell in the clefts of the rock, who hold the height of the hill, though you make your nest as high as the eagle, I will bring da- bring you down from there, says the Lord. Is it important? Nations think that they are above reproach, right? Nations may think that uh, that they will never fall. I'm sure for many of the years of the Roman Empire, they thought that they were would never fall. But yet, the further you get away from God. The more you go against God, eventually your nation will fall. Um, uh, con- continues uh, on, uh, you get to judgment on Damascus in verse uh, 23, judgment on Kadar and Hazor. Um, you see, see that. Uh, judgment on Elam, uh, verse 39 says, But it shall come to pass in the later days, I will bring back the captives of Elam, says the, the Lord. Um, then Jeremiah 25 is talking about this kind of judgment on the nation, starting in verse 15. It says, For thus says the Lord uh, God of Israel to me, take this wine cup of fury from my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send it uh, send you to drink it, and they will drink and stagger and go mad because of the sword that I will send among them. All right. So again, it's it's telling all of these nations. Uh, it talks about Pharaoh, um, uh, telling all of them they are going to have to suffer uh, the consequences of their actions, and the uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is being used uh, to exact that vengeance. Um, Let's see, and it shall be if they, this is in verse 28, and it shall be if they refuse to take the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, you shall certainly drink, for behold, I bring a calamity on the city, which is called by my name, and should be utterly, uh, and you should be utterly unpunished. Um, uh, you shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword on all the inhabitants of the earth, says the Lord of hosts. Um, then uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 27, starting in verse 12. So we read the first part of 27, now the second part of 27 and 28. Um, this this talks about um, Je- Jeremiah is giving prophecies that no one wants to hear about. They don't want to hear Jeremiah's advice. And so there's lots of prophets who are telling people what they want to hear, encouraging people that uh, they are, uh, God is going to save them from Babylon. Um, it says, uh, uh, verse 14, there it is. Uh, Therefore, do not uh, listen to the words of the prophets who speak to you, saying, You shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you. For I have not sent them, says the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name, and I may drive you out, and that you may perish, and you you and the prophets whom you uh, whom prophesy to you. It says, uh, verse 17, Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city be laid to waste? Right. So the, the prophets are telling the people what they want to hear that, hey, you know, mount up resistance to Babylon. Um, uh, it, it, God will deliver them into your hands. And God is through Jeremiah saying, no, just as I have been warning you for years and years and years, Babylon is uh uh, is the extension of that warning. They are the ones who are now um, bringing judgment upon you. So do not push back or it will only be worse for you. So God is actually, his warnings, while no one wants to hear that, 
they actually are trying to make it better for them because if the people just step back, it, it's not fun being under Babylon, but if they don't fight back, Babylon is not going to destroy them. Um, but that's, that's what the prophets are, are telling. And, uh, I thought that's very interesting. And it, it's one of those things that's kind of happening now where there's, there's lots of people that are pastors that have different views on what's going on in the world right now. Um, and it's, it's tough. It's tough to know who is speaking the truth and who is not. Um, but, but we have to really do our own diligent due diligence as well and, and seeking to, uh, seek what God's desires are, God's desire for the way that we should live and listen to those people who are striving to be most close to what is revealed through scripture. Um, right. And, and it's, it's hard. And, and, uh, guess what? All of us will probably be deceived at different times. Um, but, uh, but we, and you need to be real careful to anyone who, who is extremely certain of what they are saying. Um, right. Because we live in very uncertain times and, uh, I can be certain of God. I can be uncertain of what God has, has revealed through scripture, but then applying that to our world today can be challenging. Um, but, uh, but also <laughs> lots of things going through my head. I want to be <laughs> say in, a, in an appropriate way, uh, but also be careful of, of just listening to the people who say what you like to hear. Um, you know, that's human nature. Um, we all kind of desire that to be affirmed in what we believe. Um, but, but don't fall into the trap of only listening to those whom you always agree with. Listen to other sides and other perspectives and then evaluate them against the word of God. Uh, and because you know what, we, we can learn things from, uh, from people who, uh, we may disagree with. And it's important that we, we, we know that God can speak through anyone. Um, and, and anyone can claim that God is speaking through them. <laughs> so, so we need to, to make sure we are, uh, humbly, uh, approaching the things that we hear and listen to, um, and making sure they do fit with the word of God. Uh, chapter 28, um, introduces, uh, Hananiah, who is a prophet, um, who was speaking directly against Jeremiah. He, he did not like Jeremiah. Um, and he, was was very outspoken against uh against him uh it says then the prophet jeremiah spoke to the prophet hananiah in the presence of the priest in the presence of the people who stood in the house of the lord uh and and, and jeremiah gets in a back and forth with him um and uh he, jeremiah is wearing this yoke remember because they need to be under the yoke of babylon hananiah is saying within two years that yoke is going to be broken um verse 10 uh hananiah took the yoke uh off the prophet jeremiah's neck and broke it says and he says thus says the lord even so i'll break the yoke of nebuchadnezzar um the king of babylon from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years um and then of course jeremiah um responds uh says thus says the lord you have broken the yokes of wood but you have made in their place yokes of iron for thus says the lord of hosts the god of israel i have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations that you may serve nebuchadnezzar king of babylon and they shall serve him and i uh, have given him the beast of the field also um and then 
Hananiah, uh, his life is ended. So again, very interesting, uh, these dynamics, people that claim to be speaking for, for the Lord are saying two totally different things. Well, both aren't going to be right. Um, and, and we need to be careful who we listen to. I want to spend just a little bit of time on Jeremiah chapter 29. So again, this is in that context. So this is a letter that Jeremiah has written. Remember, Jeremiah is in Jerusalem. He's writing a letter to the exiles who are in Babylon. So to like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that group of people that's in Babylon, they are hearing messages of these prophets that we've just been like Hananiah, who's saying, hey, y'all are going to be back within a couple of years. Well, that changes the way that you would live there, right? You would be preparing for a battle against Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and Jeremiah writes to them saying, that is not the case. You are going to be there. In fact, most of the people that are reading this letter, you're never going to see Jerusalem again. Um, you're, you're stuck there. Sorry. Um, you know, that's the context of this letter. And I think that's really important because Jeremiah 29 has one, a verse that all of you have heard before, and we all have used this verse, it is vital to understand the context of it. So Jeremiah writes uh, this letter to the exiles. In verse 5, it says, Build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat fruit, take wives, beget sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and daughters, give your daughters to husbands. Uh, just keep going. Um, it says, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for it is uh, peace that you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets or diviners in the midst deceive you, nor listen to the dreams that cause you uh, to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely. Uh, I have not sent them. So what is Jeremiah telling him? He says, no, get involved, engage, seek peace in the place that you're, uh, that you find yourself. I know that you're not in a place you, you don't, you don't want to be there. They didn't want to be in exile, but that's where they are. And they're having to come to the realization that they're in a place that they don't want to be, but yet they should be finding peace there. And then the Lord says, after 70 years are completed, I will visit and perform my good word towards you and will cause you to return to this place. Okay, so 70 years. Again, most of the people reading that letter will not return back to Jerusalem. And then here's this wonderful verse that all of us know, verse 11, for I know the thoughts or the plans that I uh, have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from the nations, from all the places where I've driven you. I will cause you, uh, I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. All right. This is vitally important to understanding this wonderful passage because we love this uh, passage that talks about how God desires for us to have a, a future and a hope and a, a desire for us to experience peace. He wants that for you right now. Don't, don't wait uh, to, to start experiencing that until all your circumstances are just the way you want them to be. No, God wants that for you right now. Yes, he has his future is he's bringing you to the to the place that he originally 
designed for you to be. But in the meantime, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Know that God is present with you, that you can find peace, that you can find uh, you know, a, a future and have a hope where you are right now, even if you're in a miserable place. That is so important for us to understand. And I think we've misused this passage so often that people look at it and think, oh, you know, I, I, things are so bad now. I just can't wait until God removes me from all of this and brings me back to the, the place that I want to be. Well, guess what? You, you may never completely get there this side of heaven, but you can still have peace and hope and joy if you allow God to use you and to make a difference in your life where you are right now. That's what Jeremiah is saying. He tells them, have a family, raise children, live that life that God has called you to live while you're in captivity. And then maybe you'll be able to experience God bringing you out of captivity. Or maybe you experience that on the other side of heaven. God will fulfill that promise one way or the other. Uh, But it's important, don't... Don't always be looking at your current such uh, circumstances and just say, "Oh, I've just things. I've got to wait till things get better." No, start start living the way that God has called you to live right now, and start experiencing the hope and the peace that God has for you right now. Um, don't wait until your circumstances get better, because guess what? On this side of heaven, your circumstances are always going to be pretty tough. All right, continuing on. Uh, you can read lots about what he uh, talks about to, uh, to the people. Um, it, he also starts to, to say um, how he, uh, uh, he's going to, um, this is verse uh, chapter 50, um, that he is going to punish Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar. And he actually, Jeremiah actually sends this letter to uh, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. And so chapters 50 and 51, if you read through there, it just talks about um, 50 verse uh, 2 says, her idols are humiliated, her images are broken in pieces. That is just representative of the fact that Babylon will be utterly destroyed, um, that their false gods will not protect them. You can read through, it's, it's lots of reading, um, but again, it's just talking about how Babylon has been used by God but you know what? They never, they didn't turn and follow God. So they will also, uh, experience God's judgment. Um, chapter 50, 51 just, uh, continues to talk about, um, how they will be, uh, destroyed. And it's, it's again, important to know and to, to get this picture that all nations will be held accountable. Um, and that God will hold, hold all nations accountable. Uh, but, at the same time, he will use nations to hold other nations accountable. That's kind of what's going on here. Um, so I know that's jumping around, skipping around. Um, but uh, on Tuesday, we're going to read Ezekiel chapters 1 through 3. And then Jeremiah probably 21 and 22. All right. So we'll read a couple from Jeremiah, but mainly Ezekiel chapters 1 through 3. Hope you have a good weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday.